the Talking Games Podcast. Welcome back. This is the Talking Games Podcast, episode 122. It is Sunday, the 14th of January, 2024. Hope you've had a very good week. Uh, this week has been a bit all over the place. We have got some stuff coming up. I cannot say anything just yet uh, because I'm waiting for contracts to be finished. However, we may have news dropping on the uh, socials this week and on the website, so keep an eye on for that. Um, we've also, obviously, GameWise still working on it. Uh, it's just taking a long time. Game development is not an easy thing. It takes a very long time to get what you need, uh, especially when you only have a small team like us. Uh, so we are working very diligently to try and get everything ready uh, for trailers to drop uh, and for Kickstarter to drop as well. Uh, but that being said, thank you to Chloe for joining me this week. How are you doing, girl? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than stressed. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's just been too much on, and I, I've been playing a little bit of Baldur's Gate three just to bide my time because I know Larry and sent us a copy, but they sent us a copy way too late, um, and I don't know if that's going to do traffic now that we've we've got one month. I mean, I've played it already on PC. I'm playing it on PS five. They then sent an Xbox code, so I've got it now on all three platforms. Um, right. Yeah, but I, I don't know whether I'm going to do review or we're going to do features or what. I just need, I need to kind of figure out how... Did you not do a comparison video? I was going to do one, but there's just so much going on. Like, there's just too much. Like, the the way for, for me to do a comparison video, I'm going to have, probably have to take a week out just to try uh, and get it finished. Uh, and I'm looking at my schedule right now, and I've just I've got meeting after meeting, and then... There's news and we've got reviews coming in now and it's just it's too much going on. There's just there's not enough time in the day. Hours in the day, yeah. Yeah, to get everything done. I will get onto videos. So I am trying to get that done. Um, we are looking at doing shorts for like news drops and stuff, um, and as well as a few other bits. Um, yeah, it's just there's there's a lot going on. I will get onto videos. I promise. Uh, other than that. As usual, don't forget to check out the website, gamesinquirer.com. You can find us on all the socials, forward slash gamesinquirer. Everywhere we are on YouTube, Blue Sky, Threads, wherever you wherever you divulge your social media time, we are on it. Uh, give us a follow. We are trying to, uh, to work out calendars and what platforms we're going to launch stuff on, um, because just putting the same stuff on every platform seems a bit useless. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're looking at Instagram uh, to try and see if we're going to put shorts on now. Uh, figure out ways of just doing different things because just having everything going out on every social media is kind of, kind of counterproductive um, especially for Instagram it doesn't make much sense to just put images on there so we're looking to do videos on there instead um, we have got an interview coming up with Ryan Liatis who's a music composer uh, he's worked on several dozen games including The Evil Dead, World War Z, Teardown um, he's done TV shows, movies uh, he's also uh, a, a very accomplished guitarist. He's been in several bands. Uh, that video we drop in this week, uh, it's about an hour and a half, that interview. Uh, but we kind of go through from his childhood all the way up to modern day. Uh, it's a very interesting interview. Uh, if you want to check that out, the you'll be on YouTube. Uh, there'll be some clips dropping on Twitter uh, and Instagram uh, over the next week or so. So you can check that out. A uh, very interesting interview, actually. Was quite, uh, I quite enjoyed it. Thank you to uh, Antonio uh, AV uh, for conducting that interview. Uh, it's his first ever interview, and I think he did extremely well. Uh, he's got kind of a natural gift of the gab, so to speak. Um, but yeah, we've got to talk about the news this week. It's been absolutely insane. For Microsoft especially, uh, they have, as of Friday, 
been confirmed as the most valuable company in the world once more. Uh, they did it recently in 2018 and 2021 uh, for a brief period. They were the most valuable company. Uh, it's kind of been between them and Apple for like the last 10 years. But uh, as of this week, uh, they have now got a market cap of $2.89 trillion. Uh, some analysts we've been speaking to have said they suspect that Microsoft is going to reach $3 trillion by 2026, uh, mainly because of the amount of games they've got coming out. Um, as well as their heavy investment into Game Pass. Really, I think a lot of people are waiting to see if the Game Pass uh, subscriptions go up, uh, because Microsoft hasn't announced anything. There's also rumours that the company is looking to launch its own mobile app in 2024, their own app store, uh, thanks to Epic Game beating Google. Um, there's also the uh, OpenAI chat GPT, depending on where AI goes over the next couple of years. If it takes off the way most people are suspecting it will do, Microsoft is at the very forefront of that. So it looks like, as of right now, Microsoft is about to be one of the wealthiest companies ever, uh, and it doesn't look like that's going to end, to be honest. Um, I want to get your thoughts, Chloe. Uh, is there anything, um, apart from obviously, I mean, I'll, I'll, well, I'll go through some of the things that we've been told is the reason why their increased share price has happened. Uh, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard King, number one. Um, also, the fact that Bobby Kotick was removed as CEO in December... Why does that make me laugh? I don't know. You laugh every time you hear. No, 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 no. No, the reason. No, what I mean by that is, them getting rid of Bobby Kotick has ended up making them make more money. Yeah, and it's because of all the lawsuits and the. That's what I find funny. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that 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 he's been removed though is the reason why the share price has gone up because he had such a negative impact on the company. Yeah. Now that he's gone. It looks like the company should be in better hands, so the share price has gone up. They've also committed another $10 billion to uh, OpenAI, ChatGPT. Uh, they're building on their cloud streaming business as well as their Game Pass service. Uh, that's also increased their share price. Uh, they also, also, as already mentioned, they're launching their own mobile games app store in 2024 uh, with two of the biggest IPs in the mobile sphere, the mobile game sphere, Call of Duty and Candy Crush. They're going to be exclusive to the mobile store. Uh, there's also several announcements from the company's gaming division uh, because the fact that PlayStation fans are constantly retweeting about Xbox and Starfield, uh, that increased traffic is actually seeing their share price go up because the more interest, the more positive impact that a company has as far as them trending increases their share price because the market is looking at who is which is the company that's getting the most traffic and that increases your share price if you're publicly traded. Uh, there's also the fact that people are Googling for news about the Xbox brand constantly. Google search results affect people's stock tracks, stock market, stock cap and their market price. Um, they've also got the announcement of Blade, which is the first Marvel game uh, to come to modern Xbox consoles. That was past December at the Game Awards. Uh, there's also the upcoming Developer Direct, which we're going to be speaking about in just a sec, uh, where they have announced that there will be gameplay for Indiana Jones. Uh, which is they're also one of the biggest, well, one of the biggest IPs in the world. Xbox is getting an exclusive game out of it. Um, Apple, meanwhile, uh, is seeing a decrease in interest in the iPhone since most people are now switching to Android. And because of this, sales have slowed. Now, this is mainly happening in China, uh, but China for Apple is like their number one market. It's where they sell the most. Uh, and the Chinese economy has been severely struggling because of COVID. Um, but also, because of this, 
China's impact in like the Russian Ukraine war, uh, in several like people. Uh, I'm not going to get into polit- political stuff, um, but they're also seeing competition from Hawaii or Huawei, uh, which is why Apple's seeing the struggle in China because Huawei's taking a lot of their Chinese business away. People are buying Huawei phones instead of Apple. Uh, also, as, as uh, several analysts have said, that ma- the main reason, though, for Microsoft's increase is because of AI, because of the fact that this AI business is starting to take off. A lot of people are seeing it as Microsoft being in lead for, for AI technology, um, that this is the reason why they are doing so well, why they are succeeding so well, is because of their business in AI, which I think is probably going to signal the fact that Microsoft may well be, at least, following the end of the business. Uh, they are saying that the the AI business, the AI revolution, the way that's, that's going, with Microsoft being at the forefront, that is seeing the increase. If it keeps going the way it's going, Microsoft is going to be so far out of reach of everybody else. Apple hasn't invested in AI, but Microsoft has. And there's a lot of AI firms uh, that are looking to work with Microsoft because of the, the money and the investment they've plunged into AI. But even in the UK, I think it was something like, something like 30 billion, something like that in the UK, something around that much. Um, they're looking at AI tech uh, investment and, uh, and manufacturing in the UK. Um, Tim Sweeney, though, the uh, Epic Games CEO, he did respond um, because I think Epic Games is looking for a close relationship with Microsoft is what I'm believing at this point um, because obviously the only reason that Microsoft is able to launch their own mobile game store uh, they're getting very, a, lot, a lot of interest as far as acquisitions and where they're going to go with that. A lot of that has been down to Epic Games beating Apple and Google uh, because, obviously, Microsoft wanted Activision Blizzard for their mobile library. Uh, I think Microsoft probably got a thank you to Tim Sweeney for that. Uh, but he did write on Twitter, congratulations to Microsoft. Uh, from Bill Gates to Steve Ballmer to Satya Nadella, they have a 50-year track record of supporting and empowering developers to do great work. Uh, one note that did come out of this, though, is that even though this console war has been going on for far too long now, um, unfortunately for Sony and Nintendo fans today, Microsoft was, was reported as the number one games company or games publisher in the world. They used to be third. They are now number one. They have surpassed Tencent, Sony, and Nintendo in that order. Uh, they have more money than all three. Um, and are looking like they are going to increase that even further because 2024 has only just begun. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on for this year. Uh, we know they've got a showcase next week. We actually reported on that. Uh, there's also a reported showcase at Summer Games Fest this year, and there'll be also one in quarter three, I've been told, for next year. Your thoughts, Chloe? Well, um... <laughs> I'm not surprised. The only thing I think that slightly, the only thing I'm slightly like questioning is how, where's this AI stuff going to go? Yeah, I mean we have had, there has been obviously calls for a lot of people saying they're unhappy about it. For example, there was the um, the recent news report from um, uh, Sagastra. Uh, the uh, the union, uh, Screen Actors Guild, uh, they reported that 80 or 90% of their members voted for a deal uh, which would see them uh, basically be able to, for AI companies to approach them um, and have to pay them. The only issue is, 
is that video game actors have claimed they weren't consulted on the deal uh, and they weren't consulted or even spoke to about the use of AI. SAG AFRA just basically went to uh, went ahead and did it. Uh, and we've spoken to about seven voice actors who are members of SAG AFRA and they said, no, we weren't spoken to about this. So there are issues with AI still, uh, but the fact that Microsoft is currently uh, looking likely to be the, uh, the front runner in that industry for at least the time being, is it's a positive step for them, I think. Regardless is, of, unless, of your thoughts unless, on the implications. But. Yeah, um, well, I'm just, I'm, it's not so much the implications as I don't, there's still a lot of questions as to how long it's going to last, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if them growing in that direction is basically going to be their equivalent of putting all their eggs in one basket. I mean, they have also expanded not just into into AI though. They're expanding into cloud streaming, uh, into games publishing. They have got uh, at least, I mean, they released five games last year. They reportedly got about six games launching first party exclusives this year. Uh, they're investing heavily into indie development as well with their ID Xbox uh, program. Um, they're heavily investing. Apparently, they're also looking at doing a handheld at some point. Um, somebody in internally at, at Microsoft's research and development team were basically speaking uh, during this week at CES uh, and they were telling people that they are have considered handheld devices uh, similar to uh, the Nintendo Switch um, or the Wii U or, you know, not the PlayStation Portal because that's just basically a remote play device, but they were looking at handheld devices and saying that that could be a possibility somewhere down the line. Uh, it will depend on how much like they don't really want. I don't think they're going to want to spread themselves too thin because if they've got a mobile app launching and then they're trying to increase Game Pass and they're releasing more games and they're expanding, they're, they're going to too many, too many, too many things at play. Too also, many play. isn't their issue with a handheld going to be they're going to struggle? They're not going to be able to release as many high quality games at that point unless yeah. you can yeah. figure out a way of. Improving the technology to make because yeah, I, I know, I know, I can. I know. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so basically, you they, you think that they, if they do go handheld, they'll basically have to to create games or technology that's able to support their current library because yeah. it's that handheld rubbish. Then it's not going to work. And then nobody's going to use it because they're not going to want to play, for example, Call of Duty on a handheld that doesn't support it when they've got a PC that'll do just that. I mean, Microsoft is, is one of the best when it comes to hardware. There isn't many companies out there, not even Sony, that has is capable of developing hardware in the same way. So Microsoft, Apple, um, Sony to a lesser extent is really the top three like hardware tech manufacturers out there. Um, Microsoft, even though people say Sony's got the better console, the better controller, whatever, Microsoft, as far as like a hardware component company, because they have been for the longest time, um, people seem to think that they're just software like Microsoft Office. They're not. Microsoft has been at the forefront of technology in general for like the last 30, 40 years. Uh, one of the first computers were made by Microsoft. They're, they're Just because they've shifted more towards software and operating systems does not mean that they aren't capable of developing quality hardware. 
It's just they choose not to because there is more money, more liquid cash in just software because they don't have to. There's nothing tangible they have to physically create. A lot of it is program use. So they don't have to worry about that. But if they wanted to, they can, and they have the budget to hire people if they need to to make the best stuff. Um, We did also learn this week, which is very, very interesting. Uh, New developer direct will be coming this week on the 18th. Um, 8 p.m. UK, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, That is going to be on the official Xbox, YouTube and Twitch accounts. Uh, We have got confirmation of four games that will be shown. There is a fifth, and I might know what this is, so bear with me, I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, Machine Games is going to be showing Indiana Jones. Uh, that is the new game. We are. Some people have speculated that's going to be the shadow. It's going to be a shadow drop. Don't hold your breath. Uh, Avowed from Obsidian is also another one. Um, I'm suspecting an April May release for for Avowed. Uh, are a history untold for Oxide. Uh, and there's also an update from Senua Saga Hellblade 2. Now, um, Hellblade 2, as far as I've been told, is a release announcement. So we are going to get a release date. That is coming from an Xbox person, from somebody at Xbox. Um, that is their current plan. They could change it. However, I firmly believe that's what they're going to do um, because they have now been waiting three and a half, maybe four years. Uh, this is going to be like a, a background sort of behind the scenes look at Senua Saga, um, but it's going to be culminating possibly with a release date. Um, whether they keep that, I don't know. Um, what they've also said is they're going to be doing a 10-minute showcase of Indiana Jones which I'm very much looking forward to. We only learned about this game during the uh, FTC Microsoft court appearance because it was one of the things that was leaked in the court documents. Um, We do know it's a third-person action adventure. Uh, It is not a platformer. I have seen that rumour going around all this week that it's a platforming game. It's not a platformer. It is an action-adventure game, similar to Uncharted, for example. Um, Avowed is obviously first-person, magic fantasy RPG, uh, and Aura... I believe is a strategy management sort of game uh, because that is what the studio is known for. Now, there is a fifth slot, and a lot of people have been speculating what this fifth slot is. There was rumours last week that the developer direct was coming. Uh, we did cover this. However, uh, those insider sources were claiming there was going to be a shadow drop uh, during the developer direct uh, that would have culminated at the end of the show. Similar to our Hi-Fi Rush was shadow dropped during last summer's Summer Game Fest. That is not necessarily going to happen. I have not heard that this is a shadow drop. I have heard this is an update um, as far as a game that people have been waiting to hear about for some time um, and something that they are looking to release this year uh, as far as Christmas um, because they have also said about the uh, the Brooklyn console, the next-gen, mid-gen Xbox Series Pro uh, console that they are looking to release. That was also in the late documents, by the way. Um, but this supposed... Um, supposed fifth announcement that everyone's speculating on. Um, I have been told, and this has come from a source, uh, that it's not Brooklyn. Um, I've been told that it is a mainline game uh, because they had, didn't want to say what game it was, but they said it's a game that they are looking at, um, looking at releasing very, very soon this year. I'm going to speculate, and I believe that this game is Gear Six, uh, and I have not had that confirmed. I did ask; they didn't want to answer it, but. I believe it's Gear 6. So you have probably not had it confirmed then, because if they're not going to answer your question, no, then that pretty much means you're right. I mean, it could always change. They could. Change. I mean, a lot of this stuff, when stuff starts getting leaked, and Microsoft is known for this, they do this all the time, if stuff gets leaked, they change their plans. 
And the reason they do that is because they don't want to release stuff spoiled and then everyone's like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? So they want to they yeah. do something where they just, if, they, if something gets out, then it screws up the whole plan and they'll cut that off. So and then they'll change it. it. Yeah, they'll change it. I believe that this game is Gear 6 simply because uh, there is a lot of rumours internally uh, that they're going to release a big mainline game for around Christmas because they want to compete for the Game Awards this year. They want to win. Uh, and as far as I've also been told, is that the Coalition, who is working on Gear 6, uh, is also inviting people into the studio to test the game. Now, a lot of these people have signed NDAs. Uh, they aren't allowed to talk about it, uh, but I have rumours that this... I've heard that this has been happening. So the Coalition is inviting uh, industry people in under the pretense they want to show them stuff, people, what they're working on, and in reality, they're actually showing them the game. And they're saying, this is Gear 6, you've got an hour to play, here you go. I believe that, and this is, for me personally, the conversations I've had, because I've been trying to find out more about this developer direct, I've been told that this is Gear 6, um, or I've been told there's something coming, but I've been also told that the people are getting shown Gear 6. The fact that if it's playable, at this moment, this could be the fifth game this week. I don't know that for 100%. So nobody will confirm it, but that is what my uh, my current estimate or guesstimate would be for this week's showcase. We do know there is a fifth game in there. They, they only announced four. Apparently there's five, um, and I've been told they are planning to do five, but they wouldn't tell me what it was. There's also people saying about the Shadow Drop. If it is a Shadow Drop, it will be Towerborn, which is their indie side scroller uh, that they've been working uh, I can't remember who's making that game now, um, but it looks pretty, <laughs> pretty cool, to be honest. Um, that is something they are also releasing this year. Um, February, March time, they may release it early if it's finished, but that could be Shadow Drop. They've also got probably something coming out this week, because we know the first Starfield launch for Shadow Sky DLC is in February, so they may drop a quick trailer for that, because um, they haven't announced anything for that so far. Um, and also these uh, several other like in like, big patch updates coming for that game as well. But that's what I've been told anyway. Um, Obsidian will also be looking at Vald. Uh, they're giving a deep dive. Games. They're going to be showing gameplay um, as well as other steps of the adventure. It's all PR speak. It's jargon, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, also confirmed in the stream, we look at Aura History Untold. Uh, there'll be a new exclusive gameplay key features and roadmap. Um, as well as a look behind the scenes of the Senua Saga. I've been hearing release date announcements for that last one, uh, which will be culminate at the end of the stream. So, if that is true, thank God, because that's been three and a half years of waiting, uh, and I'm seriously sick of waiting. They need to announce it now. Um, moving on, though, from the Xbox to Nintendo, uh, because Nintendo's had a very good week, Chloe. Very good week in sales. Almost makes me think that the... Uh didn't need to rush with the Switch 2. Mm. We have had leaks this week as well by the Switch 2. I will not be going into them. So don't ask me, people. I'm not... I have seen some of this back then. A lot of it was to, like the uh, hardware specifications and the... But I'm not, I'm not going to go into it. Nintendo are very litigious and they tried to sue us before uh, when we've covered leaks. Not, we didn't actually include the physical leak. We just talked about them. Just because we put a post up on Twitter as well. They tried to have our account kicked off Twitter. Uh, and they sent us a cease and desist. Um, I'm never ever 
going into Nintendo leaks again. I do not want to get into their bad side. Um, but they have been leaks reportedly uh, this week. Um, and I think Nintendo, the only reason Nintendo targets us and others is because we're small and we don't have the, the budget to fight back, so we'll just cow out. Um, thankfully, we did get people at Google who retracted their um, takedown, yeah, Twitter, and, and at Google, because they tried to take down our, our Google account. Um, thankfully, those people stood up for us and said, no, actually, they haven't actually done anything wrong, uh, so that didn't go very far. Um, but yeah, they didn't want us talking about leaks. Even though we didn't share the official stuff that was in the leak, we only said that the leak exists. And apparently that was uh, that was enough to earn the ire. Yep. Which sucks, because I love Nintendo, but they do some they do sometimes really, really push my buttons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, they've had a very, very good year. Uh, according to Smatsu, Nintendo has dominated sales in Japan for 19 consecutive years. Smashing Sony at every step. Uh, on Friday, they published their annual financial report for the Jap- Japan's gaming sales. Uh, Nintendo has reportedly dominated the market since 2005. Uh, this is coming yeah. that remains. Yeah, I mean, even even the, even though the Switch its sales are going down, there's still more than the PS5 uh, and the Xbox and the PS4. Even though the Xbox sales are absolutely abysmal. But we'll get into that in a sec. Um, so, apparently, the Nintendo Switch is now nearing a seven-year run, uh, with the three years prior going to the Wii and the Wii U. And the Nintendo Switch has remained the best-selling console in Japan for the last seven years. Uh, according to the Famatsu sales reports, uh, Nintendo has dominated hardware sales in the region every year, every year since 2005. In only one year out of the last 19, Sony had the best-selling year for hardware, and that's the PSP, where every other year has gone to the Wii, the Wii U, and the Nintendo Switch. And in 2023, the Switch, in Japan, bearing in mind this console's been out for seven years and it's dying pretty much everywhere else, sold 4 million units. Uh, 4.8 million units sold in 2022. Uh, to date, sales of the Switch in Japan are approaching 32 million copies. Uh, in comparison, Sony, who's obviously Nintendo's closest competitor in Japan, uh, has only sold 2.6 million PS5s in 2023, uh, which is a 124% increase on 2022, which is 1.15 million. Uh, this is obviously due to the Switch's availability, uh, and Japan obviously dealing with uh, outbreaks and rising cases. Portability is a, a big thing. Sales for the PS4, though, was up 221%, uh, up to 73,292 units in 2023. Microsoft. Xbox Series X and S sold significantly less, uh, 141,172 units for Xbox's console in Japan. Now, a lot I've seen a lot of people going off on this and saying, well, this is because Microsoft it has a terrible console. And the reality is, is that Microsoft is an American company and Japanese consumers will always go with Japanese products and companies. Always. Doesn't matter what it is. If it's a choice between an American manufacturer and a Japanese manufacturer, Japanese consumers 100% of the time go with Japanese consoles or Japanese products, whichever. Sony and Nintendo are both Japanese. That's why they sell so well in Japan. Microsoft, the only reason Microsoft done so well is because they're starting to partner with companies like Capcom and Sega, which they haven't got an exclusive yet, and I hope they do. 
Um, I think that will work really well for them if they get some Japanese exclusives on the console. However, uh, they want to negotiate closer with Nintendo is the other thing. Uh, I've been hearing that they have been trying to meet with Nintendo for a while. And they want to continue working with Nintendo. Which is a, it will be a good thing for them. Because they do need to compete against Sony. Even though they're the wealthiest company, if they really want to make strides, they need to break into Japan. And they've been mm-hmm. struggling since the very beginning. Ugh, I love a good drink. Anyway, <laughs> game-wise, uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the biggest selling game of last year, was also our game of the year last year. Uh, 1.929 million copies. Super Mario Bros. Wonder 1.5, Pikmin 4 1.1. Scarlet and Violet on Switch, uh, 907,000. Hardware sales to date, uh, Switch has sold 31 million, 31.7 million copies, 37 units, consoles. Uh, they also have uh, shares closed at record high uh, because of the fact that Switch 2 has been rumoured, there has been leaks. Uh, apparently, Nintendo is also looking to get bought out by, lo and behold... The Public Investment Fund, the Saudi Arabian conglomerate, which is run by the country's Crown Prince, Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, shares have increased to $54. So the company is now valued at $69 billion, or $69 billion, or $10 trillion yen. Uh, it's the highest it's been since November 2007. Uh, Nintendo share price was up overall 2.01% at close, uh, with Nikkei Asia reporting that Nintendo's record high share price was driven by the anticipated announcement of Switch 2. Uh, the company planned to license its extensive IP catalogue to third-party studios and individuals with with oil companies such as Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund are set to purchase further shares in the publisher. Uh, Nintendo has yet to comment on the Switch 2 console which is expected to be announced during Nintendo's February Direct. We do know that the Nintendo Direct is happening this February. Uh, I'm hearing mid to late. Uh, this is something they do every year, uh, so don't be surprised that this is something that's coming. Uh, Nintendo has chosen February as their month to make announcements, and they will do for the rest of the year. That will take, probably take us up to around July, August, and then they'll have another one later on in the year when they announce their second half of the games. Um, but 2023, obviously, they had their second highest movie. Nintendo was another reason they've done so well uh, because of the Super Mario Bros. movie, um, which is the second highest grossing movie of the year. Uh, they've also uh, made several announcements. They are going to be releasing a couple of more games. Obviously, the uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which we were the first to, uh, to all the other outlets saying it was some random guy on Reddit. Uh, it was us. In fact, it was me. So let's not... I really hate that. <laughs> I breached an exclusive, I made that, that was mine, and people are clowning some guy on Twitter, on Twitter, Reddit, who inadvertently heard our episode, decided he was going to report it, and then therefore it's his, no, it's mine, and I've got evidence to prove it, I'm coming with the receipts, don't, (laughs) let's let's drop this, because I have it on recording, date and time stamped, so let's not pretend, shall we? Um... Yeah, so some of the around indie game publishing, uh, Christopher Dring, GamesIndustry.biz, reported that Nintendo is reportedly meeting with indie developers uh, to find new partners. Uh, these included Bandai Namco, Team Ninja, Platinum Games. Uh, they have worked with several companies in the past. Uh, they are also apparently looking at doing a new Star Fox. Uh, that'll be something for the Switch. 
um, which is they're look, looking, basically looking at games to launch with the next Switch 2 when it does. There are rumours about the Switch 2, uh, specification-wise, um, but I'm not going to go into it. As far as the uh, showcases, here comes the good old Metro uh, with their crappy takes, as always. Uh, they, are, they aren't the, the best people to go for for advice or anything, really, because they just hate everyone. Um, but they have said the PlayStation State of Play and the Nintendo Direct are pl- Nintendo Direct. I said Direct. <laughs> direct. I meant Direct, not Direct. Yeah, I'm mumbling over my words. Anyway, uh, the Direct and the PlayStation State of Play are both coming in February to March. Uh, There's not going to be this month, um, but. There is uh, rumours that Xbox, obviously, or well, they have now confirmed it, Xbox One will be first, that's coming next week, and then Sony will be releasing after, Nintendo is going to be in February, as they always are. Uh, but apparently, and this is according to the Metro, not from me, uh, the first Direct to be on February 8th. Um, I don't believe that's accurate. I think it's going to be a little bit later than that, probably the week after. Uh, but the first day of play will be in the next few weeks, so you're looking towards the end of February. Uh, this is pretty much what you'd expect. Uh, he doesn't offer an insight of what is obviously going to be shown, uh, because nobody knows. Nintendo barely ever. I mean, I hear maybe once or twice if I send someone a text message, they'll drop me a hint, and I can get from that. They don't like to tell anyone anything. Uh, not a thing. At all. Um, but uh, they don't know what's going to happen either. State of play is always weird, he said. Uh, you always get a sense that these are just contractual obligations, so they have to fill them out. Uh, they're just told they're coming if they get in the free market and they need and they feel a need and have to do it. So it could be disappointing. Even Jeff Crupp is saying that this state of play that PlayStation has got coming is going to be crap. So why are they doing it then? <laughs> oh, they have to. Come up contractual reasons. They have to. Ah. Right, because they they basically they just somebody's told the company yeah they give them free marketing, so they have to put them on. They have, they have to get, they have to do the state of place because they have contractual obligations to market their games. Even yeah. though this, everybody already knows what these games are going to be, I'm, I'm going to guess you right now because it's obviously February, March. March, you've got Rise of the Ronin coming, so you're probably going to get an update on that. Uh, you're probably going to get an update on a couple of other games. I can't even remember what's that. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, that'll probably be on there as well. Stuff you already know, you know. Uh, Nintendo, I've been hearing. And this is Grub has also hinted at that. He said game wise could be pretty much what you'd expect. Um, I've been hearing Switch 2 announcement. Um, I am expecting that to be during that stream, the, the direct. I'm expecting the Switch 2 announcement if it's accurate. Because all these specifications are now out. So we know the consoles are made. We know they've been shipping dev kits to first and third party publishers now. Because they want to get games made for it. I've also know that they've sent out, they've been showing people the actual hardware as far as what it looks like. It looks a little bit like a bendy screen with like a track. It's weird. I don't know if that's going to be the final final console, but if it is, it's massive screen. It's going to have PS4 graphics as well. But as far as I know, that's what they're going to announce it at, and that's going to be about the Switch 2 and the games that are coming to Switch 2. It's gonna be a lot of games there you expect. Was calling the grub, but I'd I'd hold your horses just a little bit because I'm expecting that's gonna be where they announce the console. Nintendo always change it. 
always. Like last year when I said that they were going to announce something in November. That was meant to be a, like a, a full showcase. Um, I don't know where, what happened, but they decided to switch it and they made it like a, a Zelda or Mario, whatever it was, announcement. And it was just dedicated to that. They do this all the time. They'll, they'll flip it um, at the last minute. And it's probably because they know people get leaks out. So they know what's, that somebody's obviously heard and they're going to report it. And they're like, oh crap. Like They'll just flip and change everything at the last minute. So everybody that's heard something is now wrong. It's cruel. <laughs> it's just a dick move. But they do that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, as far as that, that's Nintendo. Uh, we've also, before I jump, it's actually into a break. Let me cover this quickly. Because there has been rumours of a release date. And it may have accidentally been revealed. Uh, the Switch 2 is reportedly, uh, this has been in their press release, which was first bought by Digital Trends. Uh, built the arriving game shop brand and it was relaunching in September 2024. It's planned to coincide, this is according to the company, with the Nintendo Switch 2. Now, if you don't know what, remember what Game Shark is, uh, they basically made cheat code devices. Uh, but they have rebranded to AI Shark, which is meant to be an AI enhanced software designed to aid individuals in gameplay. Um, use that in quotes. It has noted that the software is not designed to be a cheating tool, but rather focused on aiding in improving gameplay over time. Uh, so the target audience is actual casual gamers. That's according to a press release. Um, but they have said in the press release, inadvertently, that they're looking to coincide with the Switch 2. And it's technically the first whiff at a uh, release window, because it's looking at September, which is could also why we say February for the announcement, because that's getting people seven months. And they want people to switch over using their own current accounts on the original Switch and switch over to the Switch 2. That's going to take time. You need to give people time to do that. Six months is the ideal amount of time. So February, September. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that September 2024 is actually going to be it, which is why we're saying about the, uh, the February showcase. But then based off what you've just said, yeah. if that has now been leaked, they're going to change it. Yeah. This is a problem. So I'm this entire that. conversation is pointless. Well, I'm, I'm the reason I'm saying this now, okay, the, the re- release date, is mainly because uh, a lot of this has already been set in stone, right? So their console ready, they cannot delay, they have not got another direct. The console-wise, if it's a game-wise, they can easily flip it out. If it's a game... Like, they can say, oh, no, we'll just take that game out and slot this game in instead. Because they have hundreds of games in development all year. Nintendo's are big, like, they'll, Japanese publishers send them stuff, indie developers from the West, they've got their own games coming in, Pokemon, blah, blah, blah. They can switch stuff out if it's software. If it's a console, it is so much harder. Because if they don't announce it in February, they don't have another direct until the summer. So they could easily delay it until the summer, but if it does come out in the summer, you then only give him three months, and they want people to switch their switch their counts from the original switch and transfer them to the switch too, which is, you means you have to go onto the website and do the transfer because you have to upgrade your accounts already to switch two basically. Yeah. But they want people to go ahead and do that. So if they make them wait only three months, you're not going to get half of everyone getting on there by the time the switch two comes out. So you're basically making people rush. They want people to know this is coming. It's, you need this period. You need this period to let to get people to 
to go out and pre-order whatever. You need that period. If it is in September and they have a they have a, a direct in February, if they delay it three four months, they're screwing themselves and shooting themselves in the foot. If they don't, if they do announce it, that leaks out there. It doesn't do too much for the release date because if the release date is true, they could always change the release date. If they change the direct, then they haven't, and the whole thing is based around the console. They're screwed. Because now they've got to fill that with games, and they might not have enough, because it's only February. But this whole thing is being based around the Direct, the the Switch 2. They could change the release date if it's an issue. I don't see them doing it, because they want to get it out before Christmas. And let's be reminded here that the uh, the Switch is not a uh, an actual next-gen console, it's a pro console. Uh, so it's basically just slightly improved. It's still using the LCD screen, not the OLED. Memory size is slightly improved, uh, slightly better. Can't like dual like the dual joysticks and stuff because obviously they had drift last year. Uh, they've worked on that, but yeah, I, I honestly believe it's going to be it's going to be September. It's going to be announced it, but those the directors in beginning. To, I, I still think mid to late February. Uh, I think I know Jeff Grubb said eight. They did one around the second of February last year, so that could still be the case. They do it early. But I don't think they want to run the week or two weeks after Xbox. And if they have got, they haven't announced anything as far as first party so far. So yeah, I'm I'm thinking mid mid February, probably be their, their ideal time. Um, but yeah, Switch Two is what I've been hearing is the uh, is the big announcement um, as far as what they're going to be hosting this year. And that's, these rumors have been going on though since November, so. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Anyway, time for deals of the week. Roll the thing. Now, welcome back. Uh, we've got to speak about Marvel quickly um, because there has been uh, some abuse sent. Female actors, way, um, particularly Mary Jane from Spider-Man 2 uh, because obviously they changed her appearance. Uh, I preferred the original. I do, I'm not a fan of the new one. Um, she's, it, the, the model's not good. And I'm saying the model, I didn't say the actress. Um, but yeah, she's called out fans who's apparently crossed boundaries. Uh, Stephanie Tyler Jones, who gave her likeness to the Mary Jane character in the series, has called out fans for basically uh, being or making unacceptable comments, uh, considering stalking, leaving her voicemails, making her feel uncomfortable. Uh, this is on her Instagram account. Um, I'm not going to say that she's. I preferred the original, to be honest. Um, she looked more human. The new one is kind of a weird render. I don't like it. But Joan says she's no longer actually acting or modelling after career change to working skincare. I'm calling the fans to respect that. Uh, my page is not for Spider-Man or <laughs> NJ fans. I ask for boundaries not to be crossed. That's kind of a weird thing. Um, messages will not be answered. I will block you if you make me feel uncomfortable or you can unfollow me if this disappoints you. Uh, 
she wrote a letter uh, in Create Mode on her Instagram. I'll read it out to you now for those people interested. I appreciate the love for my role in the Spider-Man games and the positive response to my version of MJ. However, I'm no longer actively auditioning actor or model. The shoots I do now are primarily purely a creative outlet to myself. And over the weekend, some followers crossed boundaries. One even went to the extent of calling my workplace and leaving multiple voicemails wanting to speak with me, which is unacceptable and considered stalking. Don't do that. Uh, my skin hair page is not for Spider-Man. Bottom line is I came into work this morning and immediately felt unsafe and uncomfortable hearing those voice messages. Please respect that I'm a human trying to make a living just like you and I kindly ask for boundaries to not be crossed. Messages will not be answered. I will block you if you make me feel uncomfortable. Uh, harassment obviously remains a big game in the video game industry. Uh, Alana Pierce, who most people know, used to work for IGN, now works for Sony Santa Monica. Uh, she reportedly was sent hundreds and hundreds of dick pics um, from PlayStation fans asking for news about God of War. Like, that's going to change her mind. Somebody was sending in Somniac Games developers dick pics. One of which is a uh, a Twitch troll, or not Twitch troll, a Twitter troll. Now X, obviously. Um, young man, I'm not going to give his name, uh, but he decided he was going to send dip, unsolicited uh, shots of his penis to random female developers, including one that wasn't a developer. She was a VTuber. She was also 15 years old, um, asking for favours regarding game news so he could put them on his Twitter. Disgusting. Uh, according to the research, women in the industry are more likely to experience abuse from players than men, as are members of the LGBTQ plus community, obviously. We know this already, this happens all the time. Uh, 91% of developers think player harassment is a problem for the industry. 100%. 100% agree with that. This uh, is why I just hate society. Oh, I hate society. If you go on Twitter now, it's all racist or Islamophobic or homophobic or it's just made up bollocks from, like, random people. I'll tell you what, this is why I don't think Twitter will be lasting very much longer. I reported last week one of the most racist things that I've ever seen on that site, and Twitter came back and said this account hasn't broken our, ter- our safety policies, or whatever it was, terms of use policy. Blatantly racist, used the M-word, didn't get banned. This is why I don't like Twitter anymore. Twitter is a dumpster fire, yeah. quite frankly. Um, uh, GTA news this week T-Pain has confirmed he's working on GTA 6 Woo! Um, <laughs> T-Pain uh, says he can't roleplay in the uh, GTA 5 PC roleplay community anymore uh, because he's working on GTA 6 apparently he will be a character or at the very least he'll be producing music for it um, but the sequel uh, is having some unattended consequences apparently um, T-Pain but also known as Fahim Rashid Nahim, uh, is living the dream. He's working on GTA 6. Uh, his new job is having unintended consequences because he can no longer play GTA 5 now. Uh, just in case he accidentally leaks something, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, in the course of bringing T-Pain aboard, though, seems that Rockstar requested that he stop role-playing on No Pixel, which is a PC role-play server. Uh, one fan noted that T-Pain was no longer on the server and asked what happened. He did respond... 
Uh, I used to be on no pixel, and I started working on GTA 6, and they told me I can't do roleplay because it kind of goes against this whole speech, like, what if someone took your album and re-recorded it? Uh, so I'm like, okay, I get that. I was kind of having a good time. All right, that's fine. Uh, immediately, Rockstar went on to hire the modding team behind roleplay servers, including 5M and RedM, which is an irony that wasn't lost on T-Pain, because <laughs> he went and hired the communities anyway. Uh, they started working on the game with him, and they teamed up with the people that make the RP, and I'm like, wait a minute, what the F? You'll tell me I can't do this yet. And then team up with the people that enable the RP. Uh, T-Pain didn't elaborate on how he's contributing, uh, but we are suspecting that he's actually in the game as a side character. If he's just releasing music for it, I don't... If he's just recording an album, like, why would they tell him he can't be on GTA 5 if he's just working on music? Like, if they put his songs on a radio, who gives a shit? What? Why can't you... You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. He's I'm suspecting he's going to be a character. Unless, he, unless it's just because he's still... Even if it is only a small thing, he's still part of... Well, no, because they, they all have like I mean, they need to have celebrity um, cameos in the game. They've done it before with GTA Five. They've had Dr. Dre, etc. Ludacris is another one. But the reason I think he's in the game is because they need... Because it's based in Florida, where T-Pain is from, and he's a big name in Florida, and he's done several music videos there, I think he's going to play somewhat of a role in the game, he's going to make, probably make a cameo in the main story, I think that's what's happening, um, because if it's just music, he said he's had this whole speech, like, well, if someone took your album and re-recorded it, like, it's just, it's just music, like, it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, like, someone who recorded an album just because he's on roleplay, it doesn't mean he's going to have the album playing in the background, or some of the music he's recorded it for him, so why would he have, why would he be taken off that, off that lobby, why would they say, no, you can't do that, unless he's actually in the game? And they don't want him accidentally people seeing, like, his character and thinking, oh, maybe there's, yeah. there's something more to it. I think there's something, I, I, I 100% believe there's something more to it than just he's made a song for the game. I don't believe that. I think he's going to be in it. Um, he has obviously been on roleplay. Uh, he enjoys roleplay. He's been on No Pixel since 2021. Uh, according to the server's wiki, uh, the idea on No Pixel was a talk act to proceed as a character you're playing. So it is 100% roleplay. Um, elsewhere, not much is known obviously about GTA 6. Uh, we have had some significant roleplay, role to play in the upcoming sequel, uh, because this roleplay might have something to do with it. Uh, they are looking at releasing on PC in 2026. I think it's 26, if I can remember correctly. 25, uh, April, March time, 2025 is when they're releasing GTA 6. Uh, so you look at 26 for the PC version, maybe because they have to try and work out how to not allow hackers into the modders into the PC version. They tried it last year, it didn't go so well. Uh, <laughs> for those Rockstar choosing to focus on the single player story, uh, they haven't announced a new online though. So we have no news whether they're just going to be porting over the original online or what. I know a lot of people are going to be very unhappy when they find out GTA Online as it currently is is going to get deleted. Um, eventually, with all that money that people have put into it and all the all the time and effort, that's all going away. Uh, but the GTA 6 Online uh, has not been announced at all. Um, so meanwhile, plenty of fans are still playing on GTA 5, uh, so they have got a bit of time there before GTA 6 comes out. I, I really believe, I am so, I am 100% in belief that he's in the game in some capacity. 
it's going. Anyway, uh, last bit of news we jump into break now. Seth MacFarlane has claimed Epic. Get ready for this, Chloe, because this is just mind blowing. All right, this is a company behind Fortnite, the Unreal Engine, several other games, the Epic Game Store. They're a big company in the games industry. You'd think they'd have the money. Apparently, Seth MacFarlane has said Epic didn't have the budget to give Peter Griffin his body <laughs> in they put They bought the right to his head, not the rest of him. What? I don't know. That makes that. even worse sense. If they just bought his head, right, because it is, it's, it's true. When they've got Peter Griffin, he's like a big, musty guy, but then they've got Peter Griffin with a massive head on this, like, muscular body. They're wearing the same white shirt and trousers, same colour shoes. Like, you could tell it's Peter Griffin's clothes, but he's not fat. Why would you need... How much money do you actually need to draw a character that's, that's fat? Like, how can Epic Games not have the money to buy how, his body render? What? That doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. I don't understand what... It's weird. Uh, Actually, better question. Yeah. Why, if that is the case, which just seems mental, why would they want to go through with it then? Better question. How the fuck? How much money (laughs) does only Peter Griffin's body actually cost? Yeah, well, yeah, there is that. How much does this character's body, not even his head, like his head, the likeness, I would suspect to be a lot, but like. Just tell me the head would be more. Exactly. But how can you not like, oh, I've only got change. <laughs> it's just <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Stephen Farland spoke to IGN uh, during the Ted, new Ted series premiere. Uh, he said he's very muscular in now. I was told they didn't have the budget to create his actual body. Uh, I had to have someone explain to me what the fuck Fortnite is. Which <laughs> 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 is fair. My son plays Fortnite 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If he if he ha- didn't have to sleep or go to school or eat or wash or anything, he'd be, yeah, on, Fortnite he'd be on Fortnite all the time. It's, it, I mean, I'll give it to him. He's very, very good at it, but that comes from hours upon hours of playing morning and the night. Uh, he went and said, uh, comparing Peter Griffin's ripped new physique to a 90s TV guy's cover, uh, he said he was like where they put Oprah's head on and Margaret's body. Uh, <laughs> it's a story that could have been straight out of an episode of Family Guy. Although we don't even know exactly how much the budget played in the transformation. At least we know more about the discussions behind the scenes. I want to know how much they, like, this guy asked Epic Games for the rights to use. How could you, how did you not have the money to give Peter Griffin, like, to basically draw a larger Peter Griffin? I don't understand it. It makes no sense. It surely would have cost you more to make a muscular version because it takes more time to do the do the lines and stuff. Surely yeah. that's cost more. Like anyway, uh, we're going to jump in a break. Um, this is I lose control. Uh, one of my favourite eyes, Teddy Swims. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Young Sheldon. Uh, they are doing a spin-off, and I cannot wait for this spin-off. Uh, Pixar reportedly facing layoffs in 2024. Pete's and a few bits more. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Something's got a hold on me lately Oh, I 
Feels like the walls are all closing in And the devil's knocking at my door Oh, out of my mind How many times did I tell you I'm no good at being alone It's taking a toll on me Try my best to keep from tearing the skin off my bones Don't you know Podcast episode 122, uh, Young Sheldon. I love that show. Uh, one of my most memorable moments, though. Um, <laughs> there's so many. Do you, what, have you seen Young Sheldon? Before? I've seen bits oh. of it. Okay. It's brilliant. I think it's personally better than the original Big Bang. Personally. I think it's brilliant. There's a, there's a, an episode where 
I think it's one of my favourite bits, is where George has a girlfriend staying with him and her stepdad turns up and he tells him to go away and he doesn't and George Senior, the dad just knocks his guy out. He's pretty one of the best things. It's like that guy's an absolute badass. I love that show. There's a what's the other one? Where George is basically selling Sheldon's tests to his friends. And like he, he like, tries to bribe the principal. It's a weird it's a brilliant show. Absolutely love that show. But uh, speaking of George, he's getting his own spin-off. George and Mandy. Uh, a lot of people saying, including me, that the George and Mandy relationship is probably the best bit of that entire spin-off with Young Children. Because throughout, I think it's from season three onwards, George basically starts dating Mandy, knocks her up, gets her pregnant. And then she has a baby, I think, in season five. And then they start... Basically, George is like they don't want to. Mandy doesn't want to be with him. George wants to be with her. It's brilliant. It's a good show. Uh, that is probably the best part of the whole season. But what's an interesting spin-off is though is that they're doing a spin-off of George and Mandy's relationship. Uh, it's planned to be a multi-camera show, whatever that means, because Young Sheldon is a single-camera comedy. Uh, but the Big Bang Theory has a multi-camera sitcom. Start that again. If the plan for this spin-off holds, so this is just currently in discussions. It would be the first time that a multi-camera sitcom has spawned a single-camera sitcom has then spawned a multi-camera comedy. <laughs> uh, as it turns out, TV spin-offs are quite complicated. Um, so, uh, more importantly, Montana Jordan, who plays Geordie, Georgie, who I think has got a very big air of Patrick Swayze about him, uh, and Emily Usmont, who plays Mandy, are in talks to reprise their roles. Uh, the producers of Chuck Lorre, Steve Holland and Stephen Malero will also be returning to write the first episode. Uh, should it be picked up, it'll also ensure that Laurie's show is still on CBS, keeping live a decades-long streak, because that guy's been on CBS for years. Uh, the show would focus on George and Mandy's time as young parents, uh, because they're getting dating in season five. I think season three was the time he, he fancied the girl at church, and he, he pretended to get baptised just so he could date her. <laughs> she ends up punching him in the face. Um <laughs> Yeah, the two began dating season five uh, when Georgie was 17 and Mandy's 29. Uh, they lie to each other about how old they are. Uh, they have sex. Mandy gets pregnant. Uh, she gives birth to their child, Constance, which is a win then, um, <laughs> uh, during season six and then again by the end of the season. Uh, Laurie and company felt there's a lot of comedy to be mined from that scenario. They also know that the spin-off is not the big band theory spin-off in the works at Max. Uh, with Laurie, which Laurie is also working on. Uh, this is an hour-long drama that will feature a new cast uh, through past Big Bang characters may return as guest stars. Uh, young Sheldon's world, though, apparently they're looking at expanding this and they're not letting the Big Bang Theory die. Uh, they are looking at doing other stuff with it, which is insane. This show's been going... like The whole franchise in itself has been going for about 15 years. I didn't realise it had been going that long. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, 2012 or 11, 11 or 12, I think, was the first episode of Big Bang, the first series of Big Bang Theory. And that went to 10 seasons. Do you know what? That's just, that has just made me realise we're getting... Yeah, getting old. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had young children, that's six, six, six years long. That's 16 years. Oh, jeez. It's, it's, it's time's creeping up for the time. I do, I do find it a bit odd that they're essentially creating a spin-off off of another spin-off. Yeah. <laughs> but... They, they're going to keep this show going for so long. 
be honest though, I want this kid Montana, this guy who plays Georgie, I want him to break into Hollywood. He has an air of Patrick Swayze about him. Is that gonna happen though? I th- it, he it, is for for his age. He's a brilliant actor. No, 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 no. His acting ability is not why I'm questioning it. What I'm thinking is, is that going to happen if he sticks to sitcoms been off like this? No. He's, he's a good comedic actor, but I think he has the, the chops to do drama and do, like, uh, like feature-length movies. I mean, he's only, yeah. he's only in his early 20s, so he has a long way to go just yet. But I do think he has the potential because I do see a lot of, like, 80s, 90s, like, romance drama actors, like Patrick Swayze, like, I can't even remember half the people off the top of my head, it's been so long, but early 90s, mid-90s sort of action, drama, romance, main leads, I do think he's in that sort of range. He look, he his performances, from what I've seen, are brilliant. He has, he has that, he has that mullet hair, which is just magnificent. He's a really good-looking kid, and he's a really good actor, and I do think he has... A future in Hollywood. I do think he's. I, I mean, would agree, apart yeah. from the fact that if this goes ahead, then that's basically he might as well kiss a Hollywood yeah, career goodbye at that point. Yeah, I, I think this is. If they do this for say one to three seasons, I think that should be the end of it by then. I think he needs to move on after that because he's been kind of getting to the point of being typecast. Is he not just going to end up being typecast regardless? I mean, he's been in comedy now. He's been doing Young Sheldon since the beginning when he was, like, 12 and 13 years old. And he's in, like, 18, 19 now, coming up to 20, I think, this year. So he has a long... He has, he's been in this now for six years. He's going to probably do another one, three seasons of this. Um, and then after that, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see him kind of jump into other stuff. I don't know if he's actually done anything else. That's the problem because mm. he's so widely known for being Georgie from, you know, young children. Yeah. It's kind of hard to picture him in anything else. But there isn't the, the issue. Also, is is that he is in that sort of vein where you could picture him in like TV sitcoms and then jump in like um, Kyle played Martin McFly. What was his name? From, from Back to the Future. Yeah. Right? Who, uh, Jay Fox? Yeah. Isn't it? Michael it's J. Fox, Fox, isn't it? Something Fox. Not Jamie Fox. No, I said Michael J. Fox. That's the one. Yeah. So, like, when he was doing the original Back to the Future, he was also into, like, TV sitcoms, and he was doing, like, family dramas and stuff like that. But there's that the stuff doesn't exist was, anymore. But there's the difference. He was doing both at the same time. Yeah. I mean, there is the option, if he does get picked up for a movie, he could possibly do both. But I do see him in that sort of vein, because he is he hasn't really been given... I mean, it, it being on, like, you know, Young Sheldon, that's a, that's a big career move. And he's getting his own show now, as the lead actor. That's a good thing, but he needs to... I mean, you could, you could easily get typecast as sort of, like, the lovable comedic actor and I don't really want them to see him doing sitcoms I think he needs to do into more big budget movies because mm. I do think that he has a future and I've said this since the very beginning when I first saw him I thought that kid's a really good actor he is a really good actor and he deserves a bigger role especially if he starts getting into martial arts and he becomes Patrick so it's Patrick Swayze I keep saying Patrick Swayze but it's the hair it's the hair that does it 
he's got Patrick Swayze's hairdo, and he's brilliant. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't think anyone could pull that off in one day, but he can. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him in a big budget film. I think he has a future in front of him, more so than any of the others in that in that um, in that series. The dad, obviously, he's been in a quite a few TV shows and stuff over the years, but Georgie Junior has definitely got a future in front of him. Um, movie-wise, Top Gun 3 is in the works, uh, according to Paramount, uh, despite the fact Tom Cruise has uh, recently signed a deal with Warner Brothers uh, to produce films for the studio. Uh, Puck News, which has been verified by Variety, has said co-writer Erin Kruger is on board to write a Top Gun 3 script. Uh, Paramount is hoping to get Maverick's Joseph Kaczynski back into the director's chair. Uh, he's also aiming to reunite Cruise with Miles Teller and Glenn Powell from uh, Top Gun Maverick, which is... Ten- Can we not? Can we just not? What? I don't. I don't love the idea of a Top Gun three. I don't like the idea of Top Gun one. I hated that film. I, I mean, it's so boring. Yeah, the first, I'll be honest. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I think this because I watched the second one before the first one stupidly. But I, the first one's not great. Do you, do you like? Do you, have you heard the rumours about Top Gun one? No. What that show was actually trying, what that movie was trying to actually say. No. That what? Goose and Maverick, obviously, Tom Cruise, were actually gay. And it was basically him, because they're, they're all, like, well-oiled up men. And they're all, like, being very, like, touchy-feely with each other. And there was rumours that the original Top Gun was about Goose trying to get, I think it's Goose, mainly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trying to get Maverick into their gay elite, or gay group. And then by the end of the movie, he does. It's a weird fan theory. But no, no. <laughs> it's, it's a weird fan theory. I can maybe, I can maybe just about. Because you don't um, actually, you don't actually see any of the enemies. Like they, they, they're basically flying planes, but you don't know who the enemy is throughout the entirety of the film. It's just planes. Yeah, but I think that's deliberate to avoid. Yeah. Well, I know specifically with the second one, that was specifically to avoid people jumping to conclusions because of yeah, things that were rough. happening in yeah. the world at the time. Yeah, Russian. They were saying, it like, it, I mean, it looked like a Russian fight, yeah. yeah. but they were saying, oh, it's just like some rogue. Yeah, they didn't specifically mention it was Russia, and that's because of, of obviously, a Russian invasion in Ukraine. But <clears throat> I do think this... Uh, I've heard the rumours that there's a lot of fan theories about the original Top Gun movie, about there being, like, a, a gay relationship. Like, specifically, there's a lot of, um, sort of, cin- what's the word? cinematography, there's a lot of hints. Like, when the when the uh, goose follows um, Maverick through, like, a, a tunnel thing or a bridge, and there's people saying that's about anal <laughs> It's so, like, the fan theory's out there. I mean, it just... From the spot from the... Gone. I was just going to say that doesn't make sense considering unless they're then going unless you're then going to have the argument that because of Deuce's death he sort of reverted back because there has yeah it was a crack because if that's the case episode. why did he then sleep with Penny? Mm. But there's a cracked episode of uh, of it called After Hours. I cannot remember the episode number. Um, I will go back and find it, but. Um, there is an episode in there where they discuss it, and they're saying that the reason he slept with Penny is because he was trying to say that he wasn't gay, or trying to revert his feelings for Goose, 
when reality he was. And by the end of the film, he accepted that he was gay. No, I'm talking Which about. Is a weird... I'm talking. No, I'm talking about in the sequel. Oh, in the yeah, the se- yeah the sequel they completely got rid of that idea. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting at. I'm like, I'm talking about in the sequel. Like, yeah, well, there's, there's no. Was it was it Penny in the first one? The one no. with the, the the boss, the uh, his boss that he was flirting with in the beginning. What I was that? Can't, oh, that isn't Penny. Penny's the other Admiral's daughter. Right. But it was the first, in the first one, wasn't it, when they're having the break? Yeah, but I can't remember what her name was. Yeah, I, can't, I can't. It's been so long since I watched that. I think I was about seven or eight when I watched that film. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was boring as hell. Maverick ain't much better because he's just a load of flying. And I'm going, woo, yeah, let's go get him, yeah. <laughs> Everyone pat each other on the ass, yeah. He did such a good job flying at 90 miles an hour with somebody we don't know which is. Yeah! It's so weird. It's very ultra-masculine, and I don't like it, because there's no story. There's absolutely no story. There's some people coming to get us, and we have to go kill them. Okay, great. Fight him in the sky, movie over. <laughs> it's yeah. a terrible film. Let's do it. Yeah, even though it was Cruise's highest-grossing film, Maverick. It what, was Ma- Cru- what Cru- Maverick overtook Top Gun? Yeah, highest grossing movies ever was Top Gun Maverick. It was also Cruise's highest grossing movie ever as well. 1.49 billion worldwide, that movie generated. See, now I can see why they're rushing into a... Doing a third. They they want to make another 1.5 billion. (laughs) It's probably the reason why Warner Brothers has signed a deal with Tom Cruise as well. Probably. Because they know if he can do that, Warner Brothers is in serious financial trouble. They need a win. So, I mean, apart from, like, Harry Potter, they have... And DC doesn't do well. Mm. That's why they basically canned their entire DC library. Although I would, I would argue, I don't... Unless... There's going to be a point where using Tom Cruise is going to fall flat on their ass. I, I mean, I don't know a single person my age that gives a shit about Tom Cruise. Well, I'm going more with the fact I mean, that... I don't, not, not as... I mean, as an actor, they don't... Yeah. I don't know anybody that's really, like, a big Tom Cruise fan. He was in the 80s and 90s. He was, like, the number one guy in Hollywood. But since all that stuff about him being a member of the Church of Scientology, and he's, he acts like a nut job, and then he started making really terrible... I mean, Mission Impossible, he's made, like, five of them. They're not very good. Uh, I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise. I don't think he's a very good actor. He just, like, talks very loudly and then shouts. It's very passionate and then talks quietly. He's, he's, he's got think, the range. I think the um, attraction to him from a filmmaking standpoint, particularly with those kinds of films, is the fact that he'll do his own stunts. Yeah. Which is where I think you then have a problem because... Eventually he's going to kill himself. Yeah. Because he's... How old is he now? He's definitely in, approaching... He's mid, mid to late 50. Mid to yeah. late 50. Yeah. There's a, I mean, there is a video of him doing a particular stunt where he drove a motorbike with a parachute off the edge of a cliff to, like, three, four hundred feet off the edge of a mountain, straight oh, down. Let go of the motorbike, the motorbike blew up and he landed on a parachute. There's another one, which Matt Damon speaks about, where he climbed the outside of a building, I think it was in, like, France, a glass building, by hand. No safety ropes. Jesus. 
and that was for a Mission Impossible film. No stuntman. He said he had this, this Matt Damon. I think he was speaking to Conan O'Brien in an interview, and he said like he was speaking to Tom Cruise during dinner, and Tom Cruise was saying like. So I had this stuntman, and I told him what I wanted to do. I wanted to climb the outside of this building, no safety rope. And the stuntman said no. So I went and got a new stuntman. <laughs> and that's, that's his idea. He will do, like, he doesn't, he doesn't care about his own health. There will yeah. come a point where he's going to have a very nasty accident. And yeah. it's just, I think there is a morbid curiosity that this could be his last film. Because, there's, because of the fact he's doing such dangerous, uh, like, ultra-dangerous stunts. Like, there was one where he, he... I can't remember what it was. There was something he wanted to do about walking between a trip wire between two planes. No netting, no nothing. Just walk across. What? And people said absolutely not. But apparently when he did it anyway, I cannot find the clip anywhere. I've heard this story so many times. But he said no, he's going to do it anyway, and apparently he did. Like, there's going to become a point where he slips and falls and he's going to yeah. die. And I think there is a morbid curiosity between younger people that want to see if he actually does and this will be his last movie, and the fact he's reached demographics of 50, 60-year-old women who remember him from their childhood because he, he was such a such yeah. a heartthrob in his, in his 20s. People loved him. And I think that's the kind of the reason why he's still around, even though his also, movies are not good. Yeah. I don't also, like his movies. is he going to be able to physically keep up with another Top Gun film. Yeah. I mean, he's pro. I don't the know how much longer he's going to be able to do this. Even though he looks about 40. That's exactly my 40. point. Yeah. I mean, you also have to think, I mean, the reason, like, he's one of his best films is, uh, I think he's called An Officer and a Gentleman, where he's, you um, can't handle the truth, that one. Yeah. Because we got quoted that at law school when I was at law school at uni. And we used to watch that film religiously. I think everybody in my class was able to quote that movie verbatim. Because <laughs> we've seen it so many times. Because it is, like, it's, it's completely, like, it makes no sense. None of that would happen. Like, there is no, like, internal affairs in the military. That's nonsense. It's, yeah, the whole movie. I think Legal Eagle did a video on it. Go watch that. But it's, the whole, whole of that movie is absolute garbage. None of it is real. Um, but obviously, his most recent movie under Paramount was Mission Impossible, uh, the, the Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, unlike Top Gun, Mission Impossible disappointed at the box office. It did not do very well. Um, and then there was obviously the simultaneous release of Barbie and Oppenheimer. It went up against, um, we are thinking that Top Gun 3, probably 2025 release, if they actually go ahead and do it, if people want to see it. I personally do not care about Top Gun franchise at all. I don't like the series. Uh, but Top Gun 3 is going to work reportedly. Uh, last bit of news this week, though. Pixar, uh, we have had a couple of news reports this week. We have reported this already. Uh, Twitch is laying off 500 people. Discord is laying off 170. Um, I can't remember the other company off the top of my head. Is I mean, One of them is laying off 1,800 staff. This is game industry. Movie-wise, Pixar's late facing layoffs. And this is because Disney and Disney Plus are struggling to make a profit. Uh, and it's mainly because they've kind of run out of ideas at this point. Their Marvel's universe is just dead in the water. Some of the layoffs, and you have to remember Disney employs over 100,000 staff. They're about to lay off 20%, oh. at least at Pixar. Uh, 75 people were let go in June. Uh, Pixar's reportedly facing even more layoffs in 2024, and this is because Disney Plus is not financially viable at this point. 
According to a new report in TechCrunch, uh, sources of Pixar claiming the layoffs will be significant and as high as 20%. Uh, this will bring Pixar's team alone to around 1,000 people, so they'd lose another 300. Uh, this is also going across layoffs across Disney, though. This is not just Pixar. This is the entire Disney brand. They are trying to cut as much money. Because I reportedly, I think this was early last year, Disney were somewhere at like a billion dollars in debt. Uh, Pixar reportedly told TechCrunch these estimates are too high. The amount of employees being impacted by these layoffs is still up in the air. It appears the deciding factors are production schedules, uh, future films and more. Uh, Pixar is also known that layoffs are not imminent and won't be happening until the later part of 2024, even though still it doesn't make much of a difference. People are going to be losing their jobs. Uh, which employees may be impacted? Uh, some of the employees will be laid off and coming directly, specifically from Disney+. Plus. Uh, for the staff that work on that. Uh, Disney Plus has already mentioned he struggles to become profitable. Uh, it's closer than ever before, as Disney said, to achieve profitability this year. However, it is still not there. Uh, Bob Iger, the CEO at Disney, said the company is finally gearing up to move beyond a period of fixing, uh, which has lost seen a lot around the layoffs as part of a 7.5 billion cut in cost redundancies. Not a billion. 7.5 billion. They were in a negative buy. That's insane. Uh, Disney has reportedly, as of March 2023, Chloe, get ready for this, because there's more layoffs coming, 7,000 employees have been let go from Disney, as of March until now. Uh, this is part of a strategic realignment. Uh, the first 75 employees of Pixar were part of that 7,000. There are more coming with more, di- more layoffs across Disney. Uh, this includes Lightyear director Angus McLean, and Galen Sussman, who's the lighting supervisor of a Toy Story 2. Uh, Pixar has been a bit of an interesting journey in the last few years. Uh, they're apparently the company debuting theatres onward on March 6, 2020. Uh, this was during COVID pandemic. The movie bombed and then appeared on Disney Plus on April 3rd. Also didn't do well because they didn't do any marketing for it. Uh, the next few films, Soul, Luca and Turning Red, would be a Disney Plus only. Uh, Lightyear marked a return in 2022. Theaters ended up earning just 118 million. Uh, put it only ahead of onwards 61 million for all Pixar films. Uh, 2023's Elemental fed slightly better, 154.4 million during the domestic run uh, as one of Disney Plus's most watched premieres, and that's because they didn't release hardly anything throughout the entirety of the year. They're supposed to be doing a TV show once a month. They haven't done it. They've had a ton of TV shows. I can't remember the uh, the, the one with uh, uh, the Egyptian, like, law, the guy with the mummy, and he's, like, super... I can't remember. I told him, go oh, something. Sure. It's on the tip of my tongue. That show was meant to be out second season last year. It never came out. Uh, first season released, I believe, uh, early... Was that not... Can you not, though, to be fair to Disney, partially put the blame for that on the strike? I mean, a lot of that's their own doing, though. They caused a lot of that with their own decision-making. A lot of people were not happy with the what contract mm. Disney were offering. So a lot of that, they're down to them. A lot of the dangerous disputes were down to, to Disney's treatment of their workers and their writers and their actors. A lot of I mean, it was originally the writers' stuff, and then the actors started getting involved because they were basically siding with them and they could see where the course was going. So they joined the strike, and then they wanted a better deal there. But a lot of that was down to, like, Disney, Universal, Paramount. Disney was part of it. Mm. They caused that. But they, the, the thing is, is that they've got, they've had, 
like some really good TV shows. Admittedly, not all of them have done very well when it's largely because Disney hasn't advertised them. This is their big problem. They don't advertise. And then they release movies that nobody's heard of, try to claim that they're, they're like the big and people are loving it, even though nobody's going to see it. Or in, like uh, the one with the elemental, the um, fire. Like, everyone's going to be like a fire cartoon. It was like laughable. It became a meme. But like, they don't, they have a load of TV shows. The original plan, what they initially announced, was that they were going to be releasing a TV show every month. Like a new episode of something. Like it was going to be Loki one month, and then they were going to release another show the next month, and there was going to be another episode of WandaVision, although that never came about. They were, just, they were supposed to be releasing so many TV shows, and they never did. Mm. And then they started like doing, like, oh, we're going to do this, but they cancelled it. They, had, they bought out, um, what was it? The one with the. Um, oh, brain's gone off. The um, the one with the hob, the dwarf, the Hobbit, whatever his name was. Um, even though I didn't like that series, I know it's off the off the tip of my tongue. Begins with W. No idea. Based on a nineteen eighties film with Val Kilmer. People will know what I'm talking about when I hear. I can't. I just can't picture the name. It begins with W. It's like that's also on the tip of my tongue. I really hate when that happens. Uh, blame my epilepsy for that one. But, um, yeah, so they've cancelled a load of TV shows. They were supposed to put a load of stuff out. Then they have, like, a regular schedule where they're saying, oh, this is coming this month, and then they don't show anything for two months, and then they'll release a new season, and they don't show anything for, like, six months, and they bring out... It's it's never consistent, so people never know what's going on because they don't release really schedules for anything, or they'll change stuff or delay stuff, so things don't go out when people are expecting them to. There's no consistency. And then they start releasing Pixar and, like, animated films that nobody really wants to see. MCU is kind of dead because they've run out of ideas. Like, when they tried to revamp it and they were going to do a new Avengers, they haven't followed through with that. We don't know when the next one is. Like, the whole thing has just been an absolute mess. I mean, we know Blade is going to be coming out with a movie pretty soon. Might be a TV show, actually, although I don't know if they'd actually do a TV show after the book of the last one. Um, I still don't know if that's a movie or TV show. Someone like me, please. But they are, like, they have got a lot of movies cut in the works. You know, they've got Deadpool 3 coming end of this year. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but Disney just, there's no consistency. But that brings about another issue. Once again, you just said Deadpool 3. Mm. They can't... The problem with Disney is that they struggle to create something new. Yeah. Which is why they then have to keep going back to all their old IPs. I mean, for God's sake, I watched Toy Story 4 for the first time the other week and was left thinking, that was just the most pointless film going. Yeah, which a lot of people I thought Roy, Which I thought going into it anyway because of the way Toy Story 3 ended. Mm. And then I, but I thought, no, I need to watch it to actually... And I was right. Yeah, a lot and of people like, had that criticism. And it's like... You can't keep going back to stuff that works. It's a bit a similar kind of argument to what I have with what I was saying about Top Gun 3. You can't keep going back to stuff that works because eventually it won't. Yeah. And I've said, I said this before about the MCU. and But Disney, this is Disney's problem. A lot of people have had this criticism is that they keep releasing the same sort of stuff, and like the stories are always the same. There's no end goal. They just want to do it because they want to make money, and they need to release something. But then I guess the annoying thing is, 
it does end up working in their favour because they'll do it anyway mm. and then people will go, I'm kind of intrigued to see if this has worked. Yeah. So then they'll go and watch it anyway. Yeah. And uh, I think the love of criticism is also with with that Toy Story 4 film. It's just, it's just It wasn't very well written either. No. And it made no sense. It was about them finding a new home for, like, a doll they don't know. Like, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it wasn't it, very... It started off with them trying to protect Forky, and then... Yeah. It went all over the place. It just ended up being like, how can we make this film the same length as the other two? (laughs) Or the other three? I mean, that was was actually a good premise they had in the beginning with that thought, because it was one the child made. Yeah. So what they could have done is like like a hatred between handmade toys and toys that are manufactured, like the toys that manufacture think they're better. And Woody and that were saying, no, no, no. And they're basically... That would that would have been what, an so, ter- what, so turned it into a Forky hates the others because of or they the others hate Forky because of the way they're made type thing. Yeah. That would have been an interesting premise. It would have kind of had a political racial undertone. But yeah. it, would have, it would have been a compelling story. Like we're all the same no matter what we look like. So that would have been the message because the Toy Story movie yeah. children. They're meant to teach lessons, that's what Disney was originally made for Walt Disney's cartoons, even though that guy was a racist piece of crap, his cartoons were basically meant to teach messages to young children. That's what he was trying to convey, yeah. and they've kind of done away with that. Anyway, we need to wrap up. Thank you all for joining us. This has been episode 122. I've been amazed. Thank you to Chloe this week for joining me. No problem. Take it you never heard of Shinobi then. No, he was supposed to join us. I think he's a little bit busy though. We'll find out. Anyway, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, We've got videos coming this week. Uh, We've got news hopefully coming this week. I have to sign contracts. I'm waiting for those contracts to cross my desk. Uh, I want to make a thank you to an unknown developer who I will not be naming because we are under NDA, uh, who has given us our first mock review. Uh, First one ever. And that basically means we get paid, but we don't ever release the review. Uh, We send it back to them instead. I'm not going to tell you who that is, what game it is, nothing. I'm not saying nothing. But the fact that it's happened is a uh, is good. It's a good thing for us. Uh, first time as ever. I'm hoping for more, uh, so we can get more of this stuff because we do like being paid, ladies and gents. We do like being paid. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place for this podcast. Uh, don't forget to check your eye on the website. We've got a ton of stuff coming, and uh, I will love you and leave you soon. Thank you to Chloe, and uh, thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, same time, same place next week. Take care, guys. Bye bye. 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 It's the Talking Games Podcast.